When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, welcome to week two of the Temple of Hoop podcast. I am your host, Jason Mables, aka J Mabes, Coach Mables, whatever you want to call it, here again with the substitute teacher <laughs> filling in. <laughs> My boy Jordan Latz of Tap Room Sports. Jordan, what's going on, my guy? Thank you again for uh, being a long-term sub. What's going on, my boy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me once again. Last week was a lot of fun, so I'm hoping to carry it over this week. Um, but before we get started, man, I gotta say happy birthday, bro. Yes, the birthday was uh was Saturday. Uh had a had a had a fun weekend. Um the comments went two and one. Um <laughs> Just so y'all know, they did not follow my rule, the foul up three rule. Uh, they hit a three, took us an OT. We lost an OT. So, uh, you know, that stung a little bit. But we did finish 2-1. and One was one of the first game on my birthday. So we're solid with 2-1, and one, play again. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend, about 11 days. So looking forward to get back to it. Um, oh, my, are you guys still in uh, exhibition, or are you guys actually in regular season? No, nah, nah, this game's count, but it's preseason. Not more, no more exhibition. We have one exhibition game. But these are real games now. But we just so leagues. You guys legitimately start before D one basketball. Yeah, the league starts. Uh, league starts late December. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before we get started, uh, obvious guys, you know, uh, from last week, Jordan is big into the gambling aspect uh, of sports analyzing. I just want to ask you, Jordan, um, anything jumping at you this past week from the NBA from from a gambling perspective? Before we hop into the 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 topics here, oh man! I mean, uh, the Toronto Raptors just continue to hit against the spread. They're eight and two against the spread on the season. Wow! wow. Um, the Celtics very underwhelming against the spread. They're four and five against the spread. On um, the Milwaukee Bucks, eight and one against the spread, and a whopping nine and zero oh in the first quarter. So if you're taking the Bucks in the first quarter, you have won every single game you have not lost yet. <laughs> going to talk about the Bucks a little bit later but um you know obviously these these numbers are going to meddle themselves out uh, eventually the Cleveland Cavaliers eight and one against the spread as well so we're seeing a lot of teams um you know jump out here and I know a couple of them we're going to talk about so I don't want to get too deep into it but we're still seeing overs hit at an incredible rate we're still hitting over 56 percent on overs uh, we are seeing the books adjust though they are they are bumping those totals up like you know, last year you would see most Raptors games, they would be in the 215 to 217, 218 area. We're seeing those jump up to like 222 now, <laughs> which is pretty incredible, man. So we are seeing some adjustments here. And, um, you know, this is a time where, honestly, if you follow basketball and you know the sport, you know the league in and out, this is the time to win money is early on. Because once the numbers come out and the data starts to come out, They'll adjust all the yeah, yeah okay. The books start to adjust, and that's when it becomes a lot more difficult to to really get an edge. Y'all hear that? That is free game. This is a free podcast. 
And look yeah. at all that game you just got. People charge you on Patreon for that information you just got. So shout out Jordan, man. Thank Appreciate you. you. Um, Jordan is a Bucks fan, so let's 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 just start there. The Bucks, the last remaining undefeated team in the NBA. Obviously, yeah, not obviously buoyed by who I would say is the best player in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I gotta say, from what I watched, is I'm watching this guy. I already think he's the best player in the world. Is he getting better? Like Milwaukee's nine and zero. He's averaging 32, 12, and 6 on 56% shooting. The defense remains outstanding. And I think the crazy thing about the Bucs, they're, they're ramrodding teams. Yeah. Uh, top net uh, second net rating. We were talking about the team that's first in a minute. Um, second in net rating. There are three teams with net ratings above 10. Net rating above 10 just means you are absolutely destroying teams. It's just not competitive most of the time. Uh, Cavs, Bucks, Suns. Have been dominant. Um, just what do you see from Giannis in general? This is more impressive. There's no Middleton there. Yep. Even uh, Drew's missed a few games as well, which makes the dominance even more impressive. So speak to what you see from Giannis and the Bucks as a whole. I remember I wanted to talk to you. You had some very good things to say about uh, Coach Bud and his flexibility, new flexibility. So go into that as well. Yeah, I mean. Um... You know, it's it's crazy because last year, like, I don't know if it was a title hangover per se, but like they I think they like knew like, OK, we know what we need to do to win a title. Right. Like they like coasted through like the first half of the year. Like they really didn't play defense until like the second half. March is really when they started playing defense. And now we're seeing a little bit more urgency from them, you know, and I think not having Milton, not having Joe Ingles, not having Pat Connaughton, you know, I think. Budenholzer in general, I think he said like, okay, well, for us to make up for those deficiencies, we're going to have to play elite defense to win ball games. And not only that, we're going to have to offensive rebound. And that's where we're seeing like two big um, things for both the Bucks, dude. They've in improved their offensive rebounding tremendously. And let's not forget, Brooke Lopez missed all of last year, basically. He's right? been huge this year. He has. He leads the league in blocks per game. Yeah, he's been huge this year. And he, he as it's crazy because like over the summer I was one. I, I'm not. I'll admit it, dude. I was one of those guys that was in the wagon of like, hey, let's trade Brook Lopez and and like let's get younger at the center position. But he's proven me wrong so far. But I mean, this is a marathon. It's not a race, right? And there is a lot, lot left in the season. And I don't expect Brook Lopez to play it averaging 3.3 blocks per game for the rest of the year. Like, I, I know that's unsustainable, right? But for him to be that anchor, and he might only – he might get 3.3 blocks per game, but imagine how many shots he's altering per game on top exactly, of him, right? Exactly, exactly. The because they have the best rim protection. They have the best rim defensive percentage in the league right now. Number one – imagine between him and Giannis, it's tough to score inside on them. In, yeah, it's insane, right? And yeah. they faced they faced the second best team in rim protection, which was the the Timberwolves, and just I mean they flat out dominated them, right? Right. I mean, I'll, well, let's be honest they they shot like fifty percent from three, which <laughs> had done all season, but that'll do it um, though. It will, it will. But right now for the Bucks, I think that you know nine and zero is incredible. Um, I didn't see them being here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but they have played a very easy schedule so far, like two against the Pistons. They played a lot of bad teams. But, I mean, you have to beat those teams, right? And that's what they didn't do last year. Last year they were losing to these teams, and they would show up against, like, the Nets of the world, the Bulls of the world, 
They're showing well, against the good teams. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, I think the Warriors had a pretty good blueprint for last year. They came out and established themselves, were very dominant early. Then like a 10-0 start or something like that. They set the tone for the entire season. And they had a gap to rest guys if need be, um, you know, try experiment with different lineups. And I think that's that's definitely something that getting out to a great start, you know, affords you, opposed to starting out slow and having to fight uphill all season. So I think there might be a method to kind of what they're doing, setting the tone early. That's a great point. And they rested Giannis on Saturday night against the Thunder, you know, and they won, (laughs) surprisingly. And the Thunder are a good up-and-coming team. I don't know if you've watched them this year, but, I mean, they work hard. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is, I mean, if if the season were to be the middle of the year right now, he'd be an all-star. I know it's only nine games in, but he'd be be an all-star for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love what I see from the Bucks. It's crazy because honestly, if you look at Giannis's last four games, Jason, he hasn't been that good. He's kind of been like down to his standards, but we've set such a high standard for Giannis that that's how good he is. I mean, he had a 28 point triple double on Friday and, and he shot like 40% from the floor, you know, and he shot under 50% from the free throw line. I mean, you can say that. So even with those, even with that four game stretch, he's at 33, 13, and six on 56% shooting. And that's been, that's, that is not his best games by far. We, he's a much better player than those games that he's had. Well, I think defensively, it's, 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 you know, it, it, that, that's all that's been there. So I think, but you're right, though. I mean, you, 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 that's your team. So I get it. You, you have a set a high standard for, for them. Um, as he's going to add that, it's scary because that team's going to add angles. Uh, going to add Middleton, so the depth is coming. I, I, I wasn't down on them, but I, I, I worried for them in a series against Boston because the athleticism was just so much lagging. So we'll see how that goes. Jason, um, have you seen Marshawn Bojan play? Yeah, I was like, if if he's in a rotation, that that definitely changes things. You know, rookies aren't always iffy in the playoffs, but that yep. is a that is a fair rebuttal. But um. Yeah, and also I think the Brooke issue was huge as well. So, you know, that 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 him having him completely upright and healthy will definitely make a difference. And we will definitely see how that well, playoffs, we, we we see Brooke get played off the floor quite often because right. it's a little bit different of a game. But during the course of a season, eighty two game season, I think his importance is there. Plus he's a, a strong veteran, right? Right. You need those guys. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll see, man. But I think it's like if there was an MVP vote today, it would be unanimous for Giannis, in my opinion. He yeah. actually might be in the hunt for an MVP and defensive player of the year, in the, like both of them right now, the way he's playing. Um, yeah, he's tracking on like a, a very historical pace. I know that last year after he won the championship, there were only four guys to do what he did, three, two other guys to do what he did in the, in the, in the span like that, win defensive player of the year. MVP and Finals MVP in a, in a four year span, it was Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan. Yep. That that was the only two players to ever do that in a four year span. And he, so, he the best team, in my opinion, in the Celtics uh, to seven games without his second best player, which was incredible to me, dude. The fact that he was able to do that was absolutely insane. And you know, a lot of people will say, "Well, the Warriors were probably the best team." I, I don't necessarily agree because statistically, data wise, I I think that. Boston was a better team. If Boston had a, a point guard with a pulse, they would have beat the Warriors. Well, I, I'm, I mean, 
that's why I got I, there's the data, then there's what happened. So I get what you're saying. I I think was I, I have never seen I did not agree with the defense on Steph Curry. You you can't play him in a drop. I don't care what your stats say. That was he, bad. He's no. a data, he's a data breaker. You can't play him in a drop. He's gonna she's just gonna kill you. He's, he's, he's a he's not a normal human being. So I don't know that that was mind-boggling to me. That's the only thing in uh about Udoka, other than that, was a great coach, but that was wild to me the way they chose to defend Steph. Just crazy. Um, we'll see what happens with, with, with the Bucks, man. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, moving on, a team that's not far behind the Bucks. The Bucks have not lost. They have lost once. The Cleveland Cavaliers sit at 8-1, half a game behind the Bucks. Um, I had them before the season in the second tier of these teams, not at the top, and I'm Already about to adjust that based on what I've seen uh, just defensively. Um, Donovan Mitchell has added an entire new element to that team, just a much-needed scoring punch. Their offense has gone from way up from, like, struggling to war. They're sixth in offensive efficiency and, I believe, second in defensive efficiency for the season, um, just an elite team on both ends. Uh, that game today against the Lakers, they slept walked through a half, were down one, they turned the Jets on and just blew the Lakers out. It was wasn't competitive. It was a 14-point game and it wasn't that close in the second half. It just wasn't competitive. Mm-hmm. Um what do you the numbers you've seen just kind of say about uh the Cavs? Also, Cavs number one in net rating, most dominant team in the league thus far. Um 12, which is like I it's dominant. So yeah. By far the you're seeing or or reading about the Cavs, what's what's everything telling you? Yeah, I mean they're definitely. I mean you have you know last week I had them in my top five. I had I had them I think I uh, two or three three behind the Bucks. They're definitely moving up in in that spot. Um, defensively, number two in the league, only behind the Bucks, one hundred two point six defensive rating. Offensively, tenth, one fourteen point eight. My only concern about the Cavs moving forward is that they do have a lot of guys that tend to not be able to stay healthy over the course of a season. We're talking mm. about Chris Garland, Jared Allen, Curry, Levert, um, Andy. So we're going to have to see, you know, this, like I said, this is a marathon. It's not a race. You know what I mean? And for a team like the Cavs, I think it's a lot different than a team like the Bucks, right? The Bucks, we know what they've done, right? We've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. the title. They know what they can do. For a team like the Cavs, it's a little bit different of a mindset for them. Uh, aside from Kevin Love, nobody on that team has won anything, right? So if Kevin Love can like maintain, and he's a great, lo- he's a veteran, he's a locker room presence, right? If he can, if he can keep their composure throughout the course of the year and say, "Hey guys, there's a lot of season left. Like we can't get too high, we can't get too low, right?" Because a lot of times with these young teams, we see them take the regular season, you know, and they they want to win. 80, 81 games, 82 games, right? <laughs> and then they get to the playoffs and it's like a whole different ball game. I think it's about building good habits. And at the same time, like you have to go through um, adversity at some point. And it's how you deal with adversity. You know, last year, the Cavs didn't deal with adversity well with, with the injuries. They couldn't overcome them. 
Yeah, I, I thought that was tough. Um, that experience you speak of, they would have gotten it last year if they didn't get hurt. So I think you're right. I, I think that that's where those injuries will hurt. Like they didn't just get their that dose of playoff action, so they can be this year. It's like okay, now we're ready for it. You know, let's 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 make a run. So I, I mentioned you're, you're, you have 100 percent have a great point about the um, the different season in the playoffs. And I thought they they should have got a test of that last year. They lost to the Hawks in the playing game, if yeah. I recall correctly. So uh, yeah, you're right. But I just what I see now, man, it's just they're just they're just a bear. Those twin towers. In the post, uh, they got two guards that will dice you the entire game. Yeah, I love Darius Garland. Uh, my only issue with the Cavs is I, I don't love them at the wing stop, at the wings wing stop, <laughs> at the wing spot. Um, I think see, where, see where your mind's at right, right. now. Right. <laughs> um, I actually thought Austin's okay at the wing spot. Levert's a little undersized there. I think he's more of a two than, than, than a three. So I think they need a guy who can really just um, – a defend, defend wings. Uh, yeah, but he's every cap guy I talk to. He's just he's not ready or not in or hit a wall in his development. Um, so I think that would be the uh, the only thing missing from their roster. But you got those two big boys back there protecting the rim and erasing mistake after mistake. It may not be as big of an issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, when Mobley was coming out in 2020. Go ahead, get your USC propaganda up. I know you. Go ahead, go ahead, man. Well, I mean, I was, I was, aside from being a USC guy, like I was one of, you know, I watch a, a ton of college basketball. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I was telling people, like, dude, I, Evan Mobley is the best player coming out. Like, I know Kate Cunningham is like a special talent, but Evan Mobley, he'll impact a game more than Kate Cunningham will because he can impact it at the rim on both sides of the floor. Plus, he can handle the basketball. He could pass the basketball. He could score the basketball. There's very few guys in this league that can do that. Right. And one of those guys is Giannis. I'm not putting Nevin Mobley on Giannis's level. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying that the potential can be there for this kid. Like, he's a special player, dude. Seven feet tall. He's a 7'2 wingspan. You know, very few guys in this world have his abilities, right? If he can stay healthy and stay right and continue to develop his offensive game, I mean, the sky's the limit for the Cavs, dude. This could be one of the best teams in the league. I think they are one of the best teams in the league. I don't even could be. I think they are one of the best teams. Like you said, health is going to be the biggest issue hurdle for them. And also, I just think the, you know, the wing at some point will be an issue. But like I said, you got those two big boys behind you who can move. Um, that is. But, uh, the, but at the same time, Jason, like Evan hasn't even developed to what he came. Like th that's how good the Cavs are now. Imagine if he takes the next step offensively. How much different this team looks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He makes another leap; they become a championship, a serious championship threat. That, that's how I look at it. Um, Can he do that in this season, though? Do you think? No, no, maybe not this season. But I think he'll definitely take more more leaps offensively. I saw him like today against the Lakers. Uh, I saw him try to take a three. Uh, it, it didn't go in, but he looked comfortable. <laughs> I saw him try to take a three. I mean, he looked he looked comfortable shooting it. I think, which is maybe more important. Um, Crazy because he shot 40% from three at USC. Right. So he just got to extend out a little bit, but he was he was he didn't look like a fish out of water shooting it. It wasn't like, oh, shit. It was like, oh, he's trying to take threes now. Like um, when Bear tried to shoot a three on Friday night against the Bucks. Yeah, it was like, like you know, Mobley, he had you know, five points and seven rebounds a day and was, and was just 
was uh, awesome defensively. So it was like he just affected the game positively. You know what I mean? So I mean, right now that's they got him out there just playing defense because offensively he's not really giving them a ton. He has an eighty percent effective field goal percentage around the rim, but outside of that he's shooting thirty seven percent from the mid range, thirty percent from three. So he's not really effective offensively at this point. You know what I mean? But I, again, like they're not really running plays for him. You know what I mean? Like right, they got those. They got two guards who are or high usage. That's where their bread and butter is going to come. Um, unfortunately, we have to discuss the uh, the purple and gold team in Los Angeles. Cam's uh, going to be upset. He wanted us to talk a lot about the Cavs. <laughs> Man, um, so uh, a couple things with the with the Lakers. The Russ off the bench experiment is working well for Russ. It is. Uh, they ran off, got a stole a couple wins. Um, unfortunately, the the product as a whole does not look great. Lakers, um, I'm not gonna say got blown out. That was a tie game at halftime, but they fell apart in the second half against the Cavaliers, knocking their record to two and seven, a half game out of the basement in the West. Um, so Westbrook's playing better, um, but they just the the Lakers just can't get anything done. Uh, I brought this to the table because I have an extremely hot take to present to you, a non-biased non-Laker fan. Okay, I, I, am of the, I am of the mind that if this spiral continues, trade LeBron to explore. No, they can't trade LeBron until the offseason. He just signed an extension, so he can't get traded to the offseason. But I do not think Westbrook is the one need to be traded. But with no capital and next year's pick, so this year's pick is already um, New Orleans has a swap. Next year, New Orleans can decide to take the 2024 first outright or the 25 outright. They have a choice to choose. Uh, I'm with no legitimate draft capital uh, or path to it. I, I say you got to start shopping AD. I get the logistics of that with him being a clutch client, very close to LeBron, uh, probably not realistic. But my thing is, why would you give up more future picks to make a trade that's only going to probably take you from, you know, 14th place to possibly a playing team? There is no point in that, in my opinion. So my only pushback to you is, what do you think AD's real value on the market is? That is an excellent question. I think everybody is aware of the uh, the back injury is clearly limiting them. That being said, he is having an incredible defensive season. If the Lakers were remotely competitive, he'd be right next to Giannis uh, for defensive early defensive player of the year consideration. Um, but last, they are not. So, well, well, but what do you think his like? What do you think he fetches on the market? A uh, couple picks, young player, definitely got the haul that New Orleans got got for him. Obviously, who do you think would trade for him? Uh, I can see Chicago uh, taking him home. Um, Chicago doesn't have a ton of draft capital, though. They don't, right? Yeah. They took it from the Orlando trade, right? They they don't. Um, yeah, I can see Chicago putting together a package, possibly bringing them home. Uh, about the Mavericks, I'm about to say the best fit is probably Dallas, but they don't have anything of value in terms of young players or yeah. <laughs> uh, or picks. Like, I mean, what's the J- J- Hardy? Mm, a decent prospect, not needle moving at this point. Some years away, just like the kid that drafted Christie, not going to move the needle. 
The Lakers will probably need a gang of picks to even consider that from Dallas. I'm talking about going like swaps and just picks for a while because Dallas doesn't have anything of value. Do you think you think anybody would consider it? What about the Kings? I mean, they have a deficiency in defense. Like they cannot protect the rim at all. Um, you know, maybe you throw Sabonis in there and a pick or two. Would you consider it if you're the Lakers? I'd oh, haggle. I'd, ha- I'd haggle for Keegan Murray. Nah, there's no way they're drinking. I, <laughs> I said I'd haggle. Like it's AD. You could put him next to Sabonis. You got Fox in there. You know, I, I or I, I, I try to get on a serious note. I, I try to get Davion Mitchell, Barnes, and a couple picks. You got defensive guard, dude. Because Davion Mitchell has not, uh, like progress at all offensively right so i i i, I you know a, he's a buy low guy harrison barnes um you know that, that's a wing the lakers are sorely lacking in that department start at least a starting for the kings nba quality you mean so yeah i mean that that's a good spot actually i like that that's that's not a bad spot at all actually um that's that's like only two landing spots i could think of is like the mavs and the and the kings well, the Mavs, I think they make sense because him and Luca is an ideal pairing. Mm-hmm. But there's no realistic avenue for a trade to happen. But I think the Kings at least have the Hornets. Again, do they have anything you they have picks? Yeah, yeah. You know they're not going to be like obviously with him and Lamelo. You're probably not going to be seeing like you know lottery type picks, but. Maybe you throw in uh, Bochamp in there, and uh, or I'm sorry, Beaumont, and uh, a couple picks. Maybe a PJ Washington. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's just crazy. Like when AD got traded for that Laker package, people were like, "Is that even enough for a player like that?" And look at what we're doing now. It's like. Would the Kings well, give up? Keegan, injured, would the he's Kings off. give up Keegan Murray for him? Well, it's because he's often injured. If he wasn't always injured, it would be to- like I mean, if we're talking on the flat surface, no injuries. I mean, you're talking a haul for AD, dude. Like back, you know what I mean? Because you said it yourself, dude. He has a back injury and he's like playing the elite defense on the level of the Giannis on the on the I think, I, I the, think the thing problem- with I, I think the thing with AD is. Offensively, it's always going to be a chore because he isn't a creator. Yeah, you I, can't give him the ball and say get something for yourself or for somebody else because he isn't a great shooter. He isn't a great passer. This is going to sound offensive, but I agree. His best use offensively is like Rudy Gobert. Screen and roll, screen roll, dive. Uh, I think if he gets a switch, he can score on a smaller guy. But I'm interested, very interested to see his PPP in, in post ups when when the first. Uh, Range of data is released from B ball index. I, I like. I can't wait to to look at that information because that left post where he loves that little turnaround and fadeaway jumper. I I think he maybe he's made like four. So all right, I have a hot take here as a college basketball guy. These big guys should not go play for guys like John Calipari, where all <laughs> they do is protect the rim, dude. Right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong though? I mean, look at Cat, right? Like, you know, Cat, he he had this game that we didn't even see in college that he, like, 
just came out of the 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 wheel burst with it in the NBA. It's like where was this in in college, dude? Like we're you're shooting threes. You got a mid range game. You can handle the ball. Like and and AD for he was a point guard in college or in high school. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just but I think in in ADs they won. Yeah, I mean, but he they won because he averaged like seven blocks a game in college. I mean, they, yeah, the Bicon Pro use him as a rim protector and a and a lob and dive threat. And they had Willie Cauley Stein next to him too. So yeah, they just had, yeah. I mean, <sighs> Willie Cauley Stein was with Cap, not that oh, AD. Right, that was with Cat. Yeah. That was with Cat. Yeah, uh, Michael Kidd Giltry, Gil, Gilcrease. Yeah, man, that kid. Isn't Michael Kidd Giltry's going to be in the second pick? Yeah, dude. Now he's playing in the fucking CBA. Sorry, excuse my language. Yeah, man. We keep trying to tell you Temple Hood was for the kids, man. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep trying to. Uh, it's all good, man. Just you know. <laughs> Moving on, something. Um, so when I was uh, losing the timeline earlier, I saw that Ty Lu said there's no timetable for Kawhi Leonard. His return. Are you concerned at this point? After uh, you, know, you would think after an entire year off last year. He'd be not full go, but you Something. know, at, at least trying to ramp up to on, on a minutes restriction. Um, yeah. He's unable to play at this point. So, what what are your thoughts on where Kawhi is right now? I remember you. I'm thinking back. My first thing is harping on the the generative quad that the um, San Antonio that that may be connected to the issue. I think the ACL tear just kind of compounded that. Where, where where are you with with Kawhi at this point? I was about to say. I mean, at this point. Is this degenerative knee issues? Like, is this going to be something that's going to force him to retire early? Because the fact that, like, he couldn't even travel with the team. He hasn't even been able to really play. They tried to bring him off the bench. He was only playing, like, 17, 20 minutes a game. I mean, this is this is getting nasty. This is definitely cause for concern. I mean, I know we're only in November here, but the fact that, like, he can't even play – after not even playing all of last year, if this yeah. isn't a cause for concern, like I don't know what is. Yeah, and this the, the initial report, you know, is that you know he's a, he's pressing to play. The Clippers are saying they're taking a long road. So oh. they're, they're looking at him and saying, so "No, you're not." Re- huh? This is like reverse from San Antonio. Yeah, and that that's that's you know I think that's what Trump's about. They're they're like their medical staff, you know. You're, I'm sure Bomber spared no expense. <laughs> yeah. you know, they're looking at him and was like, no, you're not ready to play NBA basketball right now. And then Lou comes out and says there's no timetable. Um, man, so I, how I have the West tiers, I thought the, it was the, the Warriors, Clippers, and Nuggets. But if, if this is the Kawhi that we're going to get, that, that knocks them down at least a couple tiers because they were a playing team last year. Yeah. It's weird. That team has like shooting, versatility. You got um functional center in, in, in Zubox. That team is not missing anything. It's just the guy they all built it around just got dealt a terrible hand with, with, with injuries. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. So last year, even without Kawhi, they were like one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Yeah. This year, like we're talking total opposite, dude. 26 in the league in effective field goal percentage from three-point do you think that there is an issue with this team, even if Kawhi doesn't play like 
where you're definitely seeing a different team this year, or is it like something that is going to be fixable? It's early. I think the shooting will normalize. Um, also, the main thing with the Clippers is they haven't had a guy who can put pressure on the rim a lot. They're hoping Wall can be that. I think the early returns have been mostly good on Wall, but who do they have on that rush that's going to consistently collapse a defense and kick to open shooters? Uh, Reg, Reggie Jackson has been terrible this season. Um, like who else is like either going to draw doubles or put pressure on the rim to create for those guys? You know who they could really use right now? Shea Gilders. Shea Gilders Alexander. <laughs> I think that's one of those things. If they don't win a championship, they'll look back and say, was this worth doing it all for PG? And to be fair, Kawhi wasn't coming without PG. So you traded for Kawhi too. Because yeah. Kawhi legitimately said, I'm coming, but if you don't get Kawhi, I'm not going to come. Yeah. So you, you traded it for Kawhi and PG, but if you don't win, you know, Shea looks like a franchise guard right now. I, I'm very interested to see how he plays with Chet next year. Like that, that's going to be a really good team. Um, I cannot wait, dude. Shea, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, and Victor Weminyama. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are they going to be that bad? Are they they're gonna try. <laughs> I know. I guarantee they're gonna try. I mean, they have like a million picks, dude. Yeah, there, there's no way they're gonna draft all those guys. I wonder who they're who, what they do, what their play is. There's no way you can draft 17, 17 first round picks in four four years, four or five years. No way you draft that many four guys. There's no way, especially because like a you don't have enough roster spots, and b like you can't pay all those guys, right? So you have at least at some point have to trade somebody or trade a few people, right? So I'm, I was uh, honestly, yeah. Jason, I was honestly shocked that they like signed Lou Dort to a contract extension because I thought that was like a guy that they could use to like trade for an established like type of veteran because Lou Dort is a great uh, three and D player, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you, you attach some picks with him and get something established back. Who knows? But right. Thunder are going to be really good, dude. Yeah, they, you know. That's my team, though. That's my second team I watch the most. Nice. I got Poku in fantasy. I need him to step it up. Um, he doesn't have, like, a defined role, dude. And I, that's, a, that's his issue. That's fair. Um. Last but I gotta sp- I gotta spring this on you has been a talking point. Um, the whole thing about the Golden State Warriors has been about their two timelines. Um, yeah, old guard won a lot of championships. A new guard, uh, they let a bunch of their key role players go to push these guys through. They've all struggled. The only positive guy has been Moody. I know. Um, Wiseman, the game's just entirely too fast for him right now. Kaminga has some intangible stuff they want him to work on as far as work ethic, um, uh, mental mental stuff, body language. They want him to tighten up before they depend on him. The Warriors have the best – their starting five has the best net rating in basketball, and they have the worst bench in the NBA. They've lost – they're sitting at right now – they're three and seven. Uh, probably six of those losses are because of the bench just being absolutely awful when they go to them. At the same time, like their starters sat and like they were really competitive against the Pelicans. Yeah, that's the thing. So, 
Um, the Warriors fans are pissed really about the Kaminga thing because Kaminga has the, the most physical talent of all their young guys, and they got Ty Jerome, a two-way guy playing, playing over him at this point because Kerr and the organization are trying to teach him a lesson. Uh, meanwhile, the losses are stacking up. So what is your uh, analysis of this situation? Um, the young guys haven't developed as the Warriors, uh, as the Warriors have liked them to. They're playing an insane cap number. I believe Wiseman is up for extension. Yeah. And then the year after that, goes right to Moody and Kuminga. So, and then on top of that, Raymond, if he opts in or out, that's an issue. And then Clay is up also again after next year. Clay's so, washed. He's, he's pretty washed at this point. Uh, he's definitely not the same guy that he was defensively at all. I think that's the main thing. But, yeah. all, but all that being said, they have the best starting line at the basketball. Mm, not, not as they're net rating. They're not as good as the Bucks starting lineup, and the Bucks starting lineup doesn't even have Chris Middleton yet. Okay, but you know what I mean. It's, it's elite. It is even with that. Even with so. Well, this is the thing, dude. Uh, and and you understand this of all people. Like at the end of the day, I think people often forget that. This is a business, right? Yeah. Um, and you have a bunch of first round picks, and people have to understand because people are like, oh, well, they're they're gonna draft young guys and and they'll develop and they'll be happy winning a ring. No, dude, at the end of the day, like they're playing for their second contract. That's their life, that's their livelihood. You know what I mean? That second contract is your biggest contract you're probably gonna sign in your career. Very few people get to a third contract in the NBA. I mean, we're talking like less than 5% of people that get into the NBA get a third contract, right? Mm. So you're playing for that second contract. You know, Jordan Poole got that contract. We've seen him regress this year, right? And I don't know if it's him wanting to – him coming off the bench. I don't know if it's him being comfortable. Like, I'm not in this locker. I don't know the dynamic. But what I can say is that you got guys like Kuminga who are a top 10 draft pick, top 7 draft pick, playing for a second contract, and the guy's not even getting minutes. I guarantee you his agent is calling the Warriors every single day <laughs> saying either trade him or play him. You have two options. I don't care what you think of him. He's a top seven pick. He either needs a play or he needs to be traded. Same thing with Wiseman. You know what I mean? Like this is a business at the end of the day. And I think people often forget that. Yeah, that, that that's a very, very good point. Um I think they're happy with Moody. Moody's a pot. He's just knows how to play muscleman guy. He's gonna play the right way. Um, Wiseman, just the lack. You can see see the lack of experience. Yep. He's just moving way too fast for him. Uh, Kuminga gets really, really uh, shot happy. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's the main thing they have. They want him to play more within the system. And then, um, but like you said, man, that second contract. You know what I mean? That's that's your big one. My thing with Paul, like I said, we don't know the dynamics, but knowing his talent level. And how good he was last year for that team, being the only other shot creator outside of Steph. Um, I wonder if that that like not being funny, that punch, man, is that something lingering? Are you got to come and work with that every day. I yeah, know you got some professionals, but I think is that is that out of the realm of possibility? Yeah, you got fucking. I'm sorry, he got he got like clowned on in front of his whole team, basically. The, the video leaking changed everything. Yeah, and now the whole world saw it, right? But I, I think on top of that, too, is the fact that, like, he gets this money, right? And he's still coming off the bench. And, like, he's a young guy, you know? 
like we've all been there, you know, me and you are both younger in our lives, right? Ego plays a part of, of basketball, especially, you know, especially basketball. One-on-one is a big part of basketball. Like I'm better than you. Right. Like, I don't care what you can do five-on-five. Five, I'm better than you. I'll beat you one-on-one. And I feel like Jordan Poole feels that way about Klay Thompson. Do you remember last year in the playoffs when Jordan Poole was like dribbling around during uh, against the Memphis and, and Klay Thompson's wide open. He's like sitting there like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in here. Right here. You remember that? I remember that video. I remember that video. I remember, I remember that somebody posted the full video. He ended up passing to him and getting assists later in the possession. So, but yeah, I remember that video. But I think he, I think he, like, and, and, and again, I'm saying, like, I'm just throwing this out there. Like, I have no, I'm not saying this is fact or anything. I'm just throwing it out there. Is there a part of Jordan Poole where he's like, I'm better than Clay Thompson at this point? Why is he starting over me? Like, I don't care who he was. This is who he is, and I'm better than who he is now. Yeah, I think maybe subconsciously, I don't think it's been expressed. Yeah. Because, well, like, you know, like, even like you heard, like, I saw Clay was on all the smoke. He spoke very highly of Jordan Poole. You know what I mean? So the, they, they obviously okay. like each other. I think what happens is, you know, winning cures all. Yeah. You hit a rough patch like they are. That's when you start questioning things. Yep. But we'll see. Like, like, um, I'm still sticking with my Warriors pick to come out the West. Um, crazy. You're I'm still crazy. sticking with it. Um, <laughs> Taking the Lakers. Denver's making me nervous. What'd you say? Taking the Lakers. To come out the West? Yeah. No, Are you serious? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, but, <laughs> I couldn't tell by your face. I was like, all right, man. Go ahead. Uh, they're closer to giving the Pelicans oh, Vic than they are doing that. Um, but, yeah, I'm sticking I'm honestly them. concerned about the West, dude. It's a – I don't know who's the best team, to be honest. Is that even like a safe gamble right now, the West? No, no. Yeah, I say it's not. I bet, I bet it's a gamble. You stay away from that right now until you see something. I know you told me before we started recording, you, you don't really believe in Phoenix right now. They're just like benefiting the best, from the continuity. The, they have the best favorite. They're the highest favorite to win. The well, they're the highest favorite to win the title in the West. Outside them and Phoenix and the uh, Clippers are basically one one. So the market still loves the Clippers regardless of the Kawhi news and stuff. Wow, and they love Phoenix. And then Golden State's right there too. They're they're all like them three, and then Memphis is fourth plus fourteen hundred. That's my dark horse. Memphis, yeah, to come out. It's early, but they they got enough playoff experience. They're gonna add Jared Jackson. They're playing really well, even without. Uh, I think Job missed a couple games. I think the Pelicans plus four thousand forty to one odds to win the West. Or to win the title. That is, but like you said, they just can they keep fourteen and one on the floor together? That's the big question mark. Right. But at this point, can the Warriors even like fix what is broken? I don't know if they can with Well, I guess roster. this morning, um, Kerr in an interview was talking about he changed they're changing the entire rotation. Oh and uh Kuminga is going to be a bigger part. Oh what they do. Um my guess is because the rumblings are the older players aren't happy with the younger players' production. I think Draymond finally said something about, you know, it's their fault we're losing. That's that's paraphrasing what yeah. he said. It's not it wasn't as cut and dry as that. It was very paraphrasing. Uh, you heard everybody he said everybody needs to take onus and the young players aren't playing well. With something to that effect. Um my bet is they probably ship one of those guys off for a vet. You think they ship all three? No, 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 not all three. 
They like that. That's like it's that those that two timeline thing is like the pet project. So what do you, what does a trade look like in your opinion then? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. That's a great what question. kind of vet are we talking about that they're getting? Like, are they getting Otto Porter Jr. back from Toronto? For, for... Somebody like that. No, somebody like that. So like somebody like that though. That's a, a wing who's been around can can defend, shoot. But do does a team want to get rid of those guys though? I mean, I could see them like you know getting Harrison Barnes back. But he's making what twenty seven, twenty five million. Oh yeah, he's, he got that extension, huh? Four one hundred. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So I think they would have to match salary there. That's why. That's a difficult thing. Yeah, you max salary, you end up talking about moving probably two of those guys. Yeah, so, yeah. Who? I maybe, think they're gonna wait till like um maybe they trade Draymond to the Lakers. They're not trading Draymond because without him, their defense goes from top three in the league to worst. Just him off the floor. Well, I mean, right now, Jason, their defensive rating is uh 29th in the league, 118.4. So I'm not yeah, when but when, when Draymond's on, it's top, it's like it's top ten when Draymond's on. He can't play all all games. That's the point. That's why they are not trading him. That's like outside of Steph. I'm like Draymond's the guy. I'm sure they're not trading. But what's a legitimate trade that you could make? Like, uh, maybe Lou Dort. Well, you know what? I'll, I'm going to spend the week researching this, okay. and then we'll come back for your <laughs> next right. episode. I'll bring it up. Um, Fair enough. Make sure you follow Jordan on Twitter. Jordan, give us all your stuff. The podcast, Twitter, all that. Let him know right now, man. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah, at, at Jordan Rules TSP on Twitter. You can follow uh, Taproom Sports Podcast on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can follow me on uh, TikTok at Jordan Rules TSP. I be posting my best bets every day on TikTok. So uh, you got a TikTok? Oh my god, I'm, I'm fighting it. I'm not getting no TikTok. I'm fighting. I'm fighting the machine. I'm getting, I feel, you know, dude, I got someone talked me into it. Now I'm I'm getting on it. Um. You can just go to www.tapperimsportspodcast.com. You can follow uh, all of our stuff. We have college basketball coming up. This is where I honestly do my best work. So my, I actually got I got two best bets for you tomorrow, Jason, in college basketball, if you want me to put them out. Go ahead. Um, I, got, I got Memphis and Vanderbilt under 40 and a half. Um, I love what Penny Hardaway did last year at the end of the year. I thought he really ramped up the defense. Obviously, they lose uh, Jalen Duran. They lose Imani Bates, who didn't really play a ton, but they returned a lot of guys, and they were really defensive-oriented, and Vanderbilt loses their best player in Scotty Pippen Jr., so I expect this to be a low-scoring game. Plus, both teams got to get acclimated to scoring, right? So give me the under 140.5. And I also love Weber State versus Washington under 143.5. Mike Hopkins, head coach of Washington, he comes from Jim Beheim's tree, the 2-3 zone. Washington, if you remember, Mike Matisse Steibel came from there. They love to not score the basketball, and they love to hold opponents. Uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country year in and year love out. Love to not score the basketball. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> they, they, they don't score the basketball very well. And uh, obviously, Weber State, they're one of the worst offensive teams in the country. Um, they're not. They're one of the lower Division One programs. So love the under 143.5 here. I just don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring. There y'all go. Free game. Free game. Lock that in. Get some money. Uh, Temple of Hoop needs 7% of all winnings. Um, <laughs> you guys be safe. Jordan's back for one more week. Next week, 
Uh, we are out of here. You guys be safe.